Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Hey, if you're like me, your life moves pretty fast. you got to be ready for changes that can happen in an instant. And we sometimes prepare for certain things that can happen. But are you ready for a financial upheaval? Packing your financial go-bag on the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And a happy Saturday to you listening wherever you are, all across Arkansas and in northwest Louisiana today. My name is Scott Inman. Welcome into the Get Ready for the Future show for another edition. Settle in for an hour of straight talk about your finances, about your retirement, about investing. To my right, the founders of Genwell Financial Advisors, John Shrewsbury, Janet Walker. Glad to have you guys as they as they are here every week. And Austin Evans is with us in the hot seat, as we have affectionately called it. Not too hot, though. We're really we're really gentle on the hot seat occupants. But welcome aboard for Thank today. You. Thank you all for having me. Austin works out of the Bryant office, also meets uh, sometimes with clients in the West Little Rock yep. office, where yep. I office out of. We have offices all over the state, West Little Rock, Hot Springs, El Dorado, and, of course, Bryant and Shreveport, Louisiana. So there's a Gen Wealth advisor near you that you can always reach out to. Today we're going to be talking about packing a financial go bag. And I really cannot tell you how appropriate this topic is to relate to my life today, this specific moment. Really? Today, yeah. This is why I wanted to jump off with this. This is actually on our outline for later in the show, but I wanted to start here because it just was so appropriate. Where are you going? Uh, well, today... <laughs> Uh, if the rain holds off, we are going to the Travelers game. We we have a, a suite there that we entertain uh, clients and prospective clients, and we're going to the Travs game today if it doesn't rain. And so I'm obviously not going to go on my work clothes, so I packed a little bag to change yeah. clothes from the office because I won't have time to go home before I change. And I packed it, and I left it. I got all the way here <laughs> almost for the recording of this show, and I realized that I had left my go bag <laughs> Don't go anywhere without your go bag, Scott. I, I go. I went without my go bag, so I had to go all the way back and get it. So it's kind of put me in a great mental uh, perspective of today's subject of packing a financial go bag because life does move fast. And the reason that I forgot it, I did. I actually had the consideration to pack it, but the reason I forgot it is because I had other things on my mind, trying to get out the door, trying to be in a hurry. And we live, I think, guys, many times our whole lives like that. And and it is hard to stop for a minute. And I think what we can do is use this next hour to talk about things that that maybe you should have a little pause in your life to think about ahead of time, so that when something happens, you're ready. Scott, I think when when this subject comes up, my mind immediately goes to a couple of things that we just take as normal, especially, <clears throat> pardon me, during this time of the year in Arkansas. One of them is tornadoes, and the other yeah. is flooding. Uh, you know, we get heavy, heavy yeah. rains in the spring and summer and that type of thing, and then we, uh, you know, we have that that propensity have fronts come through and, and tornadoes hit. There was like I don't know what was the last outbreak we had about seven or eight tornadoes a couple of weekends ago yes. in, in mm-hmm. Arkansas. And so when you think about a go bag, oftentimes you think like you do uh, of I need my clothes to be able to go do something else, but in reality, people have got to be prepared for disasters. Mm-hmm. They've got to be able to access financial information, important documents, things of that nature. And you just don't want that, uh, Janet, carried around uh, where anybody can maybe pick it up and access it. So you really do have a little bit of a complex issue yeah. uh, where you need to be able to access your financial information, but it also still needs to be secure. So one of the things that we, we want to be sure our listeners understand today is that, you know, Scott talked about like his go bag for the game later. There are different purposes, different go bags that you'll have at different stages in life. And for example, like I remember when I was in college, I would go to a friend's house uh, almost every weekend. So it seemed like I kind of had my go bag ready for the weekends. And then when we were expecting, we had our hospital go bag ready. And, you know, the contents of those bags are very different because it is a completely different need. And so you want to think about what stage of life, as we go through the show today, what stage of life are you in? What needs to be in your financial go bag? 
And I think, guys, that this starts with a conversation because what we're talking about is whether something happens to you personally and someone in your family needs to be able to have access to certain things to to cover what's happening in your life or if you're the one that maybe it's a generational thing, maybe something that happens to your parents or even something that happens to a child. These are things that we're going to talk about starting off here that just do a, make a few conversations, first of all. I mean, before you pack that go bag, it really kind of starts with some conversations. Absolutely. And here at GenWealth, let's talk about our, our company for just a second because, you know, you think about all the paper that is involved in a financial company, Austin. You know, it used to be there were just tons and tons yeah. of file cabinets yeah. here. Yeah. Well, we have actually scanned all of that. We had people working on this for, I don't know, eons. It Years. Seems like. It was literally. Yeah. And we we took an entire room full of file cabinets Mm -hmm. in our company, and it's all gone now. And it's all actually in the cloud, if you will. Mm -hmm. But we have a secure place for all of our client documents. So if that, you know, tornado happens or that Mm -hmm. flood happens or whatever the case may be, our business is not strewn over, you know, six square miles of Arkansas. Yeah. And it's really great, especially here working as a team. If say someone is out, I know like Janet and I work together on a Mm -hmm. lot of, with a lot of clients. And if she's out of town and someone calls in through that cloud-based program, I can pull up their, their plan and I can see everything. It's all in one spot. It's easy to access. Like you said, it's not strewn out everywhere via the paper yeah. route. And, and I think that there, it's also important to kind of equate that to mm-hmm. what happens with our clients. Because yes. many times when a client comes in, Janet, they have important financial papers yeah. with them. And as a general rule, we make it a practice to scan those financial papers into their records here at GenWealth in the cloud. So if a disaster happens at their home, they've got another copy of it. Right. So we can we can help you with that. One of the other things that this uh, makes me think about, though, is and we've talked for years uh, about people having what I call a honey I love you file you know honey I love you if I don't come home go get the stuff that's in Mm -hmm. that file unfortunately most people don't have that gathered together in a so to speak go bag they don't have life organized like that so working with a financial advisor who can help you gather those things together if you don't know where it is at home it's good that and this is what John you what you've been talking about this morning that we have that information so that if something happens you have one place to go to be able to go okay what do I need to understand. And Scott, I think this really kind of uh, illustrates, if you will, our attitude at GenWealth. We don't just want to be your financial advisor. We want to be your financial CFO. Yeah. You know, we want to be working alongside you. Now, you're you're the CEO of your retirement. You're the CEO of your finances. But every good CEO has a chief financial officer that basically dovetails with his strategy and his philosophy and works for him, but also takes care of all of those financial issues that that potentially are going on. And when you think about a disaster happening, that's when you may need uh, those financial documents the most. Yeah, well, let's talk about some of those financial documents. As you pack that uh, financial uh, go bag, it starts with having that file, as Janet said, of some things that you need in that file in case something happens and, and you can't manage everything you need to manage. Things like tax records, banking. Where do you even bank? Does your spouse or closest loved one know where your bank accounts are, the account numbers. Is there a safety deposit box? Do they know anything about your investment or retirement accounts, real estate, vehicles, making payments? I mean, I think about how my wife really doesn't want to make the payments. I handle all the bill pay at our house, but she needs to know how those bills are going to continue Mm -hmm. to get paid if something happens to me. Insurance is another big one, and we're going to dive in a little bit deeper into that a little bit later on in the broadcast. Debt. Where are the mortgages, lines of credit? If there are credit card uh, debts out there, how do those get paid? Because you can really fall behind quickly with that, with the interest counting. Uh, Estate information and any other digital information like passwords and account uh, numbers and websites. There are a lot of things that you need to sit down and talk about and put into that file folder. But then going beyond that, what else goes into the thought process when it comes to packing a financial go bag? We're going to continue the conversation, so stay with us. The Get Ready for the Future show is just getting started. Back in a moment. Don't touch that dial. Pop, pop, it's showtime. 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 Guess who's back again? Straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money is right around the corner. The Get Ready for the Future show returns after this.
Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality. Plan, personalize, and protect your future with the team at GenWealth. Call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Well, we're talking about some possible market myths that are out there and with specific regard to the predictions that are on the horizon of when is this next recession going to hit. And, and when people ask us, is a recession around the corner, John? Well, sure it is. Somewhere down the road. Down the line. It definitely is. But when you talk about the proximity of it, and I have read some articles recently talking about this, there are some indicators that, that people like to go to. And sometimes their perception of where those indicators are right now may not really hold water. Yeah, I agree with that, Scott. And it, it, there are things out there that people take as truths that are really myths. And and when you look at some of those things, like the yield curve, you know, people are all upset about what's going on with interest rates and the 10-year and the two-year getting close to uh, the same yield and that type of thing. And, and they've heard that an inversion of the yield curve means that there's a recession coming. Well, the statistics show that, that it takes a while for a yield curve to actually actually invert from the close proximity that the two-year and the 10-year are at right now. And then once it has inverted, it takes about 20 months for a recession to actually begin and actually show up in the economy. So that says, as far as the yield curve is concerned, we're still many, many months away from that actually happening. So basically, when you talk about that yield curve, the long-term interest rates begin to be closer to what the short-term interest rates are. And exactly. then when a recession is around the corner, that short-term interest rate actually ends up being higher, and that means it's an inverted uh, yield curve, and that is a process, is what you're saying. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, so there's one, a flattening yield curve. How about myth number two? Well, myth, myth number two is a manufacturing peak. Now, we hit a peak back in 2017, and we also hit a peak early in 2018. But that doesn't mean that the peaks are over. But it also doesn't mean that because we've hit a peak that we're going to just start going downhill. As a matter of fact, over the past five economic cycles, it's taken an average of 45 months to enter a recession from the hmm. peak of the manufacturing index. Hmm. That's a long time. It is a long time. By my count, that's almost four years. There you go. So a long way to go possibly there. Number three, rising interest rates, which we know we've been in that environment for quite some time, but it seems like it's picking up steam. Yes, absolutely. The, the fact is that we know that when the 10-year earlier this week went to 3%, the markets went nuts. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, yeah, this is bad, this is bad. But really, if you look at history, the the rise in interest rates and stocks have been correlated to go up together until the interest rate level gets to about 5%. Mm -hmm. We're still a long way away from 5% at 3% on the 10-year. So we think that stocks will continue to track a rise in interest rates for a good time to come. An example of where we are, I had a client who was actually excited about 2.5% on a CD these days, you know, because yes. it's actually ticking up, but 25 is historically still very low. All right, yes. final uh, myth. We've got about a minute left. And earnings slowdown. Now, we're in the midst of earnings reporting right now, and earnings growth year over year is very strong right now. But there is some concern that there will be a slowdown. Yeah, so they're looking into later this year and early next year, and that's what uh, they used to say: buying trouble. You know, you're, yeah. you're just—it's good now, but what about later? What right. about later? There's always something to worry about. Yeah, worry warts are, yeah. are like that. But but our team at LPL Research expects earnings growth on the S and P 500 to be over 13 percent this year, and that historically has been a major positive for equities. So we'll see how it pans out, and nothing's absolutely for certain. But here's the key takeaway. Way. There are no excesses in the economy right now that would portend a, a recession, and the pop culture of finance seems to be promoting myths that really can't be backed up with facts. Very good. That's it for the fastest four minutes in investing. The Get Ready for the Future show rolls on right after this. 
like what you hear? The Get Ready for the Future show is always just a click away. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website, GetReadyForTheFuture.com. We'll be right back. This ain't your mama's financial advice. Turn it up, because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome back into the Get Ready for the Future show. Hey, I want to take just a moment to remind you to check out our website, GetReadyForTheFuture.com. You can find all information about how to get in touch with a Genwell Financial Advisor. There are some good educational resources there when it comes to finances. And you'll find a list of our upcoming workshops. And we have several of them coming up. We just had one, John, though, the three big risks. Uh, and we had a great group come out for that just earlier this week. Yeah, Candace Stanley and I presented that. Uh, Janet was actually celebrating her son's 15th birthday on hey, that day. Congratulations. Uh, so, uh, Candace. I cannot believe he's 15. We're going to roll on now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no comment. No I, comment. I, I remember when Stuart was being carried around in a baby carrier. So that tells you how long we've yeah. been hanging out together. But yeah. but the, uh, the, the point of the workshop was uh, talking about those three big risks of retirement, the things that you face market-wise, inflation-wise, and all of those things that that we try to solve for in the income for life model, we kind of just laid that out, and it was a great opportunity for people to ask questions and be engaged on on that particular subject. And it's just part of what we do from an educational standpoint at Genwealth Financial Advisors. We love for our clients to come so they you know continue to understand what's going on with their finances, and we love for new people to come and get acquainted with that as well at those workshops. Yeah, and I love the uh, the three big risks. I actually had a chance to present that a few days ago as well to a small group, and it was a younger group, right? And we think about the three big risks for your retirement, and we talk a lot about the retirement red zone, being five to 10 years out from retirement, and those are vital, critical times to be creating a plan to address how you're going to deal with those three big risks. But I thought it was very interesting. The group I, I talked to, nobody was probably over 40, and those risks really were enlightening to them too, because yeah. you got to know what you're battling, no matter how far out you're going to yeah, be battling absolutely. it, right? Uh, and, and it has an impact on how they should be investing. So uh, you may have missed that one, but we do have another one coming up. The next one is the 10 things. We love numbers. We have the three big risks, and we have the 10 things you need to know before you retire. That one is coming up on May 15th at 6.30 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock. So you have plenty of time to go check out our website, GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events will take you right to the page to register for that workshop. It is absolutely free to attend. Education is the purpose of the workshop. Let me say that again. There's not going to be anything sold. It is going to be an education-focused workshop. We want to enlighten you about all the things that you're going to be dealing with as you head into retirement. So a great opportunity to join us for that. And a great opportunity to hang on for the rest of this program, too, as we talk about packing a financial go-bag. And we were talking about, in the last segment, guys, about the file, building that file of personal information and things like bank accounts and, and uh, tax returns and things that if something happened to you, someone needs to know how to deal with it. Now, this next step, I think, when it comes to folks who come in here and become clients of Genwell Financial Advisors, they may have that file built, but there are other things that even though they've spent some time, guys, talking about building, and Austin, we'll start with you, mm -hmm. there, are some, there are some things that maybe they haven't thought about you yeah. know, along the way in the process. Yeah, going back to uh, before the break, what John had said, uh, you need someone who is your CFO for you to think about those things you may not think about. One of those things would be your beneficiaries, especially your contingent beneficiaries. Yeah. So think of your life insurance policies. So usually husband and wife, you know, for myself, my wife is my primary beneficiary. But beyond that, Okay, you may not have a contingent beneficiary in place, and that's something that, you know, what we look at and we will ask you about. Or, uh, Scott, I know you and I talked about some people just think, okay, I want to go to my kids. Yeah. But if your kid's two years old and something happens to both of y'all, your kid can't touch that money for another 16 years or right. so. So you, so that's a, that's a conversation that a lot of people may not have at home or think to have yeah. at home as well. So, so let's play that out, Austin. If, uh, if you've got a young family mm -hmm. and let's say you have young kids, uh, most appropriately, if you have a pretty good salary, you probably have close to a million dollars in life yep. insurance, yep. if not more. Yep. 
And so if you stop and think about it, if you do not have your contingent beneficiary properly structured mm-hmm. and something happens to you and your wife together, which mm-hmm. is far too common uh, an occurrence yes, in yes, this day and yes, time, yes. then that child does not have any benefit mm-hmm. of that life insurance, mm-hmm. let's say for 16 years, yeah, as, yeah. You, as you exampled. And, and that goes to going one step further, being the CFO for y'all, uh, setting up a trust. A lot of people may not think about, they think the will keeps them out of probate, but the will does not. And we have connections in that realm. We don't do that for you, but we have business connections where we can put you in touch with someone who can handle that, which could be your contingent beneficiary. And, and just for clarity's sake, a trust actually allows that mm-hmm. uh, life insurance to be paid out, not held by the insurance yes. company, yes. paid out to the trust. Mm-hmm. And then there is a trustee that yep. administers that life insurance proceed for the benefit of the mm-hmm. young child. You know, we started this conversation talking about beneficiaries for life yeah. insurance, but really the same is true across the board, mm-hmm. whether it's, yep. uh, it, let's say, your 401k and IRA, those are all beneficiarizable accounts. But here's something that a lot of people don't realize. If you have, for example, your, your checking account or your savings account, um, and if you have any investment accounts that are not IRA type of accounts, they're not qualified uh, accounts, then those accounts actually, they don't have a beneficiary line. Like there's nowhere yeah. on the paper to do that. And so you can set up your bank accounts to be payable on death to like the trust, as we talked about, to a spouse first and then to the trust. If you have that in place, you can do this same thing with your other investment accounts, but here's a gen wealth differentiator. It is our policy to put a transfer on death mm-hmm. in place on any non-qualified account. There are firms where you have to, number one, request it, and number two, pay $25 to actually put it on there. And, <gasps> You're yeah, kidding me. I, I'm <laughs> That's just outrageous. Like, I'm just like, it's just the right thing to do. It's just one more form. Yeah. Get it taken care of. And it would be shocking to people in general to realize how many accounts mm-hmm. are out out there that have no game plan for when the original owner passes away. It is more than just investments when you put together a financial plan. That's a great example of that. If you hear anything in this program that kind of spurs something in you to think, you know, I, I need to deal with that. And, and obviously we know when people listen to this show that they're often riding down the, the, the road, going down the interstate, headed to Home Depot. They're not going to have time to really think much past, oh, yeah, I need to do something about that. So take a moment right now uh, and, and just think about the website that we've been talking about. Get ready for the future dot com. When you do get around your computer, when you open that laptop next time, Go to that website and click on info at getreadyforthefuture.com. You can email us, reach out, ask for an appointment with a Genwell Financial Advisor, and that gets the ball rolling. It does not commit you to anything past an appointment time. A couple of hours with an advisor to bring some of those documents in that we've been talking about, that financial go bag that you may have begun packing and never finished, whatever you've been able to uh, accumulate over time, wherever you are in the process, even if it's still a mess, if that file's not put in good order, that's what we're here for. And it's a couple of hours just to have a conversation. And I love to call it that, John. It's a conversation where there's no commitment to come in and just get the ball rolling. Yeah, it's a conversation. But what it can lead to, Scott, is as we have uh, begun to to call it – fairly regularly is your three ring binder that yes. makes sense of that three ring circus that you've got going on in your finances. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I've had people say, well, aren't you kind of being condescending when you talk about the three ring circus of your finances? No, not really, because you, people just don't know. They may think, mm-hmm. okay, I got everything all under, under control. A three ring circus sounds like I'm in debt and I don't have anything going. No, it is really very, uh, minute details that make a difference. And that's what we focus on as we help you become your your personal CFO as far as your finances are concerned. Well, I'll go you one better. My finances would be a three-ring circus without a three-ring binder. Yes. Because it's not necessarily, like you said, it's not necessarily that you're a mess in debt, have credit card debt, although that may be the case. That may be your three-ring circus, but it could just be that it's all flying around out there and it's not in one place. Well, Scott, let me ask you a question. I'll catch you completely off guard okay. here. <laughs> but I know that uh, that over the years since you've been here at GenWealth, you've talked about the difference that budgeting has made for yes. you. And, and, you know, that's not even a huge focal point, but you're doing that now because of having met with an advisor and really understanding the difference. Talk about that difference for your family. Well, and it's a different, it, it's a different depth 
depth, level of depth. I, we yeah. had a budget. We had a number, right? Mm-hmm. We, we had a monthly number that we knew this was the amount of money that was coming in, and this is generally the amount of money that needs to be going out, and we did a really good job with that. But when you actually go down and start going through a program like Every Dollar and putting it on paper on purpose, for as, as we like to say here, to be able to track every dollar that you're spending, and that takes time and effort. It's not as easy as just generally having this number in your head, but to be able to track it just like you do your investments, just like you do your whether you're on track for retirement, whether your asset level is where it needs to be, that just makes a huge difference in getting to your destination rather than veering off in detours along the way. Austin, I, I know that people say this all the time, mm-hmm. but don't think about it in terms of their finances. Mm-hmm. But I think the adage is true. You can't expect what you don't inspect. Yeah, yeah. You definitely need to have your pulse on on your budget and your finances because without, without a plan or really paying attention to that, it, could, it can run off real fast and you can be in trouble and not realize it. All right, let's hit a couple. We've got a, a couple of minutes left in this segment. We've, 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 let's say we've packed the go bag with the file. The, the documents are kind of all settled. We've come in and we've had uh, a discussion with a general financial advisor and talked about uh, beneficiaries and accounts and other things that we've talked about in this segment. But let's talk about some other things that you could do, some action points here. When, uh, one of the articles we've looked at here is entitled, What's in Your Financial Go Bag? And they talk about padding your financial cushion. And we talked often about an emergency fund. And, and this actually notates at least two to three months. There's uh, the Dave Ramsey approach of a starter emergency fund yes. of $1,000 and then a fully funded emergency fund of uh, three to six months. But, you know, that that's based on, and I, and, I, and I think those are good principles, that's based on if you lose your job and you have to cover expenses for a long time. But I'll tell you this, I look at it like this, and I talk about this with my clients. I look at it like if everything that could possibly go wrong in a year, and, yeah. and I've got to meet health care deductibles, something, this, Homeowners I, I have deductible. a hailstorm on, yeah. on my roof, everything that ha- could happen, what am I going to be out of pocket for? And I want that as a minimum on reserve. Yeah, I think that's that's dead on right. And uh, if you don't think that everything can fall to stink in a quick hurry, just <laughs> yeah. hang around yeah. my house. You know? uh, we, we have literally been through uh, home repairs and yeah. health issues and uh, you name it. Uh, and you just don't know what it would be like if you don't have that yeah. financial reserve. Yeah, and you want to have that reserve in a place where that you won't touch it and spend it on yeah. uh, going to the movies or going out mm-hmm. to eat. And a little tip that my wife and I do, what we do purposefully so we can't get it as easily is our emergency fund is at a totally separate bank that is not connected to our joint checking account. It's not connected to anything. We physically have to go to the bank to withdraw the money. So it's I'm going there for a purpose, whether it be, you know water heater broker or something, you know, catastrophic went out like that. Got to keep the hands out of the cookie jar. Exactly. Right? exactly. There's a reason there's a top on it. <laughs> so we're talking about some of these things for your financial go bag. We're going to keep talk a little bit about how much cash to have on hand. I think that's an interesting point too uh, in this article. And we'll keep rolling through as the get ready for the future show rolls on right after this. Monday warrior, mean, mean strike. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Join us for one of our live events in your area. Go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash events for a calendar. More of the Get Ready for the Future show after this. If you aren't following us on social media, you're missing out. Check out behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. Just search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us at GenWealthFA on Twitter. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. And we know we're coming at you with a lot of information today on the Get Ready for the Future show, as we do each and every week. If you miss any part of the program, you can always check us out on podcast. You can do that via iTunes or Stitcher. The Get Ready for the Future show is available for you on demand. Anytime you want to hear this show or any past shows, uh, you can check us out via iTunes or Stitcher. As we talk about packing your financial go bag, we talked about that emergency fund, and I thought what Austin said was great about having it in a different mm-hmm. uh, bank entirely, yeah, so you can yeah. keep your hands out of the cookie jar. Make sure it is a true emergency fund, only tapped for true emergencies. But what about a really temporary emergency? You know, I was, it, we were talking about before the break. We're going to mention keeping some cash on hand and how much you should keep. You know, we live we live in a world now where people don't carry cash. Yeah, I mean, very yeah, little. Yeah. We we have plastic, whether it's debit cards or credit cards. I just went out of town to Fort Smith to go watch my daughters play soccer, and I and I was just not going to take my wallet. I, I had some shorts on that I could just put my driver's license and a card and a little bit of cash in. 
And I only brought, I think, 20 bucks, you know, because I didn't think we were really going to be eating. And, and when you get on the road, and even though you're only gone for six or seven hours, sometimes you start going, well, I need I need more than $20. I mean, it can happen in a hurry. Oh, yeah. This is really more about emergencies of maybe if your card doesn't work. Let's say your card doesn't work. I mean, you're going to have to have a little bit of cash on hand. Well, years ago when Hurricane Katrina hit, it's a great example mm-hmm. for this because everything electronically just completely malfunctioned. Nothing was working. And so there was there was a point where if you did not have cash, good luck. You yeah. know, and, and they frankly even got in some areas to even a bartering type of deal where I'll yeah. give you food in exchange for water, that type of situation. So, um, you, you know, that's not something that you see very often, obviously, yeah. but you do want to be in a situation where you can handle what your needs are. You know, when you think about disasters like Hurricane Katrina, you also have to think about filing an insurance claim. And think about all the stuff that you've got in your house that you would go definitely to the insurance company and say, well, this was here. And they're Mm. going to say legitimately prove prove it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I've got TVs and, you know, guns Mm. and you you name it. I've got it in my house. But if my house were blown away and all that stuff ended up in the lake, let's say, Mm. then how do I prove what I have? You need to have photographs. To to some degree, it's the need to prove it. But it's also to to help you remember, too, because, I mean, at that point, you're just not thinking straight. And to be able to have documentation of, you know, your grandmother's ring or whatever that you might forget about normally. Normally, it, it, it's very helpful. And that when we get into the insurance conversation, we talked about going a little bit deeper on that. Uh, we're talking about property and casualty there, but yeah. also the life insurance yeah. side of this too. Get your coverage right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You want to sit down and really, really assess what, what all your needs are. And uh, here at GenWealth, we sit down and go through a pretty intensive process of going through what your needs are when it comes to life insurance. A lot of people undershoot that by a good bit. They're thinking of maybe just... I just need to pay off the house, but they're not thinking whether it be college, you know, expenses at that point, or even replacing their own income at that point. They're just thinking of getting rid of the mortgage, which is usually probably someone's largest amount of debt. Right. Well, when you talk about getting your coverage right, you, the best chance to get it right is earlier the better, yes, right? Yes, earlier the better, and usually you're healthier, uh, maybe younger. The, all those factors come into play to get those lower rates and then be able to lock those rates in. Yeah, if you are healthy, and, and, and we deal mostly in term insurance, because yeah. we believe paying yeah. for insurance and, and paying the minimum amount to get the, the coverage, mm-hmm. you can get rather large policies and get mm-hmm. covered if you are healthy and you're younger. It certainly gets uh, more difficult as the years go on. Uh, John already mentioned about breaking out the camera for to take pictures of, of things that you uh, have around the house so you have that. Uh, it's also talking about uh, taking pictures of, of documents and things like that and safeguarding those records. We Safeguarding the cash. I was going to throw in, too, that if you do have cash on hand, put it in a fire uh, safe because you, yes. you don't, yeah. especially yeah. if you've got a few thousand dollars sitting <laughs> yeah. around. Hey, yeah. you, you talk about that and, and, and we kind of chuckle, but you would not oh, yeah. believe yes. the number of people yes. that have cash stored Somewhere in the house. In their walls. Yes. They tell us these things. <laughs> yes. yes. In the backyard. You I, know, you know. I've, got, I've got a client who uh, they moved into their, their his grandmother's home and uh, they found money buried in the yard. Is where she kept it. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. I'd be planting a lot of trees. <laughs> that, that's what I want to say. Get a shovel, start digging. <laughs> At least get the metal detector out yeah. to see if it's in some yeah. sort of a uh, yep. uh, metal case or something. Yeah. They, they dig for diamonds in Murfreesboro. They dig for cash at your client's <laughs> home. <Yeah. laughs> so we've we've kind of uh, talked a little bit about this financial go bag, but as we transition to the remaining half of this segment and the final segment of the show, we're we're going to talk about some tips to to jumpstart your retirement because once all this is settled, and I and I really think there's been a clear order to things when we talk about what the things we're talking about today emergency funds and getting that file in order being prepared for the unexpected making sure your insurance coverage is right and now we're going to transition into some tips to jumpstart your retirement john no matter where you are along that retirement journey we know a lot of people are going to have to play catch up at the end if they're listening now and they're 50 years old and they know they're behind these are still some great tips to jumpstart your retirement you're you're right because most people are behind what they need to have for retirement to be able to produce the income that they need we believe that retirement is essentially an income problem but that income has to come from somewhere and the savings rate that you have 
oftentimes is dictated by Janet what the company says they'll match you in your 401k. Yeah. And that really has no connection with anything. Yeah. Just because you've checked the box on maxing out the match doesn't mean that you have fully packed that segment of your go bag, so to speak. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I use an app that is fabulous when we're packing so that I don't forget to put, you know, some mm-hmm. of the stuff that we need to take. I think the challenge in quote unquote packing your go bag uh, for retirement is that you don't really know what needs to be in there. So I think it's wise to spend some time with a financial advisor to determine if you're on track, if mm-hmm. you're packing enough into your go bag or not. And if you're not, then you know, okay, X amount is how much I need to add to what I'm currently doing. And then my bag will be packed. Yeah. And, and Janet, I do feel at times some people who like Scott, you're saying they may feel they're behind or late coming to the, coming to the game, so to speak, to get into it. And they almost want to put their heads in the sand and not, yeah, not yeah. talk to that advisor going, I know it's bad. I don't want to know how bad it is, but you need to go in and, and start and get, and get rolling on that. Um, it's better than doing nothing. And then all of a sudden you're, you're in a, in a trouble spot in retirement. Oh, one thing I want to circle back to is something John said when he mentioned savings rate. And I've, I've told this to clients too, and we've seen the stats that bear this out. Hear this, if you're late in the game and you need to catch up, your savings rate has more to do with your success in retirement than a rate of return. We've oh, seen, We've seen yeah. the numbers play that out, John. Yeah, so many people are are consumed by chasing mm. the best return I can possibly get. Am I getting the best return that I can? Well, all of that's relative, first of all, uh, relative to how much risk you will uh, be able to take, relative to what sector is hot in the market right Mm -hmm. now, all of that type of thing. And you end up chasing the hot dot when it comes to returns. But the more impactful thing is how much are you putting into it? Because that really has a a exponential difference in your retirement Mm -hmm. compared to the actual rate of return that you're getting. Mm -hmm. So here's a, I, I've said this before, it's probably the number one question that we get from, from prospective clients when we first sit down with them. How much do I need? How much do I need to retire? And we've said it before, that's the wrong question to ask. Certainly you need to arrive at that number. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about how we back in to that number because John's already said, Janet, retirement is essentially an income problem. That's where it starts. It, it absolutely is. I mean, uh, I, I met with somebody recently who has, you know, five figures for retirement and uh, not even six and certainly not seven, but there's a significant pension in place. And so the need above and beyond the pension really is is frankly non-existent because uh, there's no debt anymore. The house is paid off. So this person's need for a massive amount of retirement money uh, in their account is frankly non-existent. They just don't have that. But then there are other people who have significant needs for income in retirement and they don't have a pension. And so when you look at that, it's a very different formula. So again, we are not solving solving for how much, you know, lump sum money do you need to have in your 401k? We are solving for what is your income need Mm -hmm. and then what are your sources for that income? Sometimes, Austin, the question is phrased in this way, how am I doing? Compared yeah. to everybody else, yeah, yeah. Everybody, yeah. everyone. It doesn't matter what no, everybody. No, else no. Is doing. If going going back to what Jan said, what's that required income number? You know, yeah. we ask everyone when they ask, you know, how am I doing? What what number do I have to have? Well. What do you need in retirement? What's your gotta? I tell people, what's your grocery money? Your gotta have it money, and then that's a way how we build and back back into the plan. You know, go ahead. uh, I'm sorry, I was going to say, as one of the the four competitive people at this table. I don't think, know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I think the the uh, we get conditioned to compare, yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. say, well, how am I doing versus Janet? Yeah. How am I doing versus mm-hmm. Scott? But you have to think about, am I going to win? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it doesn't matter in the yep. grand scheme of things that you finish ahead of Scott or you finish ahead of Janet or you finish ahead of Austin. You've got to finish where you want to be. Well, and in that example that I just talked about, this guy who has a pension, but he he doesn't even have six figures of, of assets, you know, in addition to that, frankly, he wins. And he wins in comparison to some who have a million dollars plus because they don't have enough to meet their expenses. He has enough to meet his expenses. So if you want to compare, that's the, that's the comparison. 
and the, it, the, it all comes back to you need an evaluation of where you are. You know, we talked about are you needing to catch up? Uh, are, are you nearing the end and you're feeling like you're behind? There's still time to do that. Or if you're younger and you need that jump start to just begin, we offer that as well. But it's all about this evaluation. When you talk about backing into the asset level that you're going to need, that's the last number we find. We solve for the income problem first, as Austin talked about the required income, then the desired income. And we know that's a moving target if you're still 20 years, 25 years yeah, away from yeah, retirement. Yeah. That's going to change. It's going to change for me. Mm-hmm. My desires might get larger over time. I think that's probably natural. <laughs> but I can see that. <laughs> yeah, but when you look at the savings rate, too, you need to know how much do you need to save to, to be able to estimate a possible rate of return that will get your asset level to that uh, number that it needs to to provide you with income in retirement. Doesn't it make sense to sit down and get a look at that? Even if it is just a snapshot, even if you're still decades away, doesn't it make sense to get that three-ring binder going to get a look at what your financial future is going to look like? 501-653-7355 is a number to reach out to a GenWealth Financial Advisor. You can also email us, info at getreadyforthefuture.com. And we'll continue with our final segment of the Get Ready for the Future show after this. Have a financial question? Want answers? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, your location, and your question. And we'll answer your question on the air. More straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money coming at you. We're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. I want to take just a couple of seconds again to remind you to check out our website, getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events to find a list of our upcoming GenWealth Academy workshops. They are always free to attend. They are always education focused. The next one is called the 10 Things You Need to Know Before You Retire. The date is May 15th at 630 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock. You can sign up and we need to just get a head count. We need to know ahead of time uh, for food purposes and kind of for the room that we're going to choose there at the Crown Plaza, how many people are going to be in attendance. So just register for us there. Uh, It is absolutely free to attend, so there's no cost to you. Come spend the evening with us and check out the famous voices on the Get Ready for the Future show. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Did he just say that? Yeah, you know, yeah so, I think you know, so. Sometimes. That's anything like, come hear me speak. No, no, no. <laughs> I was talking about you guys, not me. Oh, well. Yes, you, I, you guys I, have been I'm, on for a I'm, long time. I'm going to put you up there. You're going to be the guy that they come see. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, Scott has see. a face for TV, as is obvious. John and Janet have a face for radio. <laughs> that's right. That's what they told me when I was in TV, and I got sent back to radio. That's so. right. There we go. So our final segment, we're talking about some tips to jumpstart your retirement. And and we spent a little time talking about how we plan and and how the asset level is something that you're backed into. That that number are we back into in the planning process, finding the asset level needed to provide income to you in retirement. And when we solve for that income problem, because as we mentioned, retirement is essentially an income problem, it starts with Social Security. So we're going to spend a little time about... Uh, talking about Social Security, when it comes to jump-starting your retirement, you might think, well, that what's that got to do with jump-starting? That, that is what it is. But do you know what you're going to get? Do you know what your estimate looks like? And do you know when you're going to claim for that benefit? All of that is the first step that we usually take when we build an income for life model for a client because how you claim Social Security really dictates how you utilize your 401k, IRA, Roth IRA money, things of that nature. Absolutely. So it has to be coupled with, you know, everything else that is part of your plan. And it's important to understand a few points here about Social Security. Um, Number one, Social Security Administration is not allowed to give you counsel as to which claiming strategy to use because it's considered financial advice and they are not financial advisors. So their handbook actually actually precludes them from giving you advice. So you could go in and say, I want to claim in this way. And they're just going to help you do that rather than being able to tell you, hey, you could do that, but this one might get you more money. They're not allowed to do that. So that's one thing to understand. Another thing is that there are 86 different claiming strategies and that has nothing to do with at age 62 or your full retirement age or at age 70. 
It is different claiming strategies. That's a lot to keep track of. Frankly, we even use a software to help us do it as much as we've worked with this. So there's a lot to understand on that. And then third point, and this is obviously not going to apply to everybody, but there is something called the windfall elimination provision that comes into play if you are, for example, a police officer. Um, We work with a lot of guys from Little Rock Police Department, and that has been a key factor to understand in planning for their Social Security because, frankly, what they see on their statement is not, in most cases, what they're going to see. And now we've had the rare occurrence when somebody contributed enough to Social Security in their off-duty jobs that they actually did get what the statement said they were going to get, but we have some officers who get as little as $300 a month from Social Security, and that's and the statement would have said a much larger number. So the reality is you need to understand what you're going to receive from Social Security because, again, we're solving for your monthly income, and if you're off on that number, then that changes everything else for you. And Janet, that mostly applies to people who have government jobs that have a pension and they did not contribute to Social Security. That's correct. And so obviously that is a a huge deal when we're sitting down and we're building that foundation of your retirement income plan. What is a foundation? It literally is the ability to meet the need that you have for things like food, clothing, transportation, shelter, taxes, insurance, the gotta habits of life have got to be met with guaranteed income because those things are guaranteed to show up in the mailbox every week or every month or however often you're paying for them. And you're going to have to meet those needs with ready cash. And so you've got to have a plan to have that regular, predictable, dependable income coming in to meet those regular, predictable, dependable expenses. Nearly three out of four Americans, the stats say, start Social Security at age 62. And when you talk about the software we use that will yeah. that will analyze that, it's oftentimes from the mathematical standpoint, if you live to a certain age, going to tell you to wait on that. But, sure. that, but that's just the math. And, right. I, and I, I've become fond of saying there's science and there's art to building a retirement plan. And the art comes down to when are you going to retire? Because if you're flat out guaranteed to retire early, I think sometimes it does make sense to take that benefit early. Sometimes it absolutely does. So it's not the best mathematical answer in terms of how much you get from Social Security over your lifetime, but maybe the best mathematical answer in terms of meeting your retirement income needs in the way that you need them to be met. And so there are different ways for us to to apply those thoughts for you to your plan. And and you also want to think a little bit about life expectancy. Now we frankly none of us knows how long we have, but if you've had a not so fun conversation with your doctor, you have a diagnosis that is that is not good, then that means we're probably going to take that check sooner rather than later. And so that is definitely a factor in your plan. All comes down to that retirement income plan that gets presented to you in a three ring binder here at GenWealth. If you'd like to reach out and get the ball rolling towards building your retirement income plan, you can call us at 501-653-7355 to set up your first conversation with an advisor near you, whether that's West Little Rock, Hot Springs, uh, Bryant, El Dorado, or Shreveport, Louisiana. There is an advisor near you waiting to sit down and have that conversation. Now, what we use to build the income strategy is called the income for life model, John. And, and, and when you talk about building that foundation, and here's where we're going to camp out for the rest of the show, obviously most people are building assets for a reason. They're wanting to spend that as income in retirement. And how they build an investment strategy around that can make all the difference on whether the income stream is available on a consistent basis on a, on on the, for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So when Americans retire, the problem that we see is oftentimes they think that they can no longer do anything to do with risk. Yeah. They 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 can't risk investing in the stock market, and so what they try to do is they try to hunker down in in what I call a a financial bunker, and uh, you know use CDs and money market accounts and things of that that nature, things that are sure. guaranteed. And let me say that you do need some of that, but you also need the growth potential that stocks give you. Yeah. But what you've got to use to mitigate that risk is not, 
you know, some fancy strategy. It's really time. And giving mm-hmm. stocks time is the, the magic potion that we use in mm-hmm. terms of getting growth or lift in income in the income for life model, because you need those assets to grow for the future. You know that things are going to cost more 15 years from now than they do today. What's your money doing to stay ahead, not just keep pace with inflation, but stay ahead of inflation so you have more money to spend on things like health care, food, clothing, transportation, shelter, you name it, because let's face it, most of the social security system is is going to be static as yeah. far as income is yeah. concerned mm-hmm. Austin because yeah. they don't even calculate some of the the careful things are some of the important things that you're going to spend money on. They don't calculate it in the inflation rate. Yeah, no, they're not going to look at fuel and food costs when they look at that. And really the the uh, so-called cost of living adjustment that Social Security has is usually eaten up by Medicare costs. And so that, that, that just won't keep pace with inflation and talking about the income for life model that we use. Uh, we're also looking at that uh, you living longer in retirement. We're we're playing for 25 plus years down the road. So with those stocks, we're letting them grow and give them time to grow over time. And we plan accordingly. The average inflation rate in this country over the last 50 years has been just a hair under 4%, 3.85%. So significant. It's very significant. So when you think about taking risk off the table from a volatility standpoint, from being invested in equities, are you really taking risk off the table if you're in a money market account that's never going to get 3.85% or a CD that's never going to get 3.85%? You're just, you're just accepting a different risk. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all it is. Let's face it, guys. Research has, has repeatedly shown that the ultra-conservative investor, the ultra-conservative portfolio runs the risk of imploding over a long period of time. And there was one study that's kind of a landmark study out there examined what would happen if an investor withdrew 6% a year from an all-bond portfolio. And the research concluded that the investor faced only a 27% chance of having anything left after 30 years. So So, you think about running out of money before you run out of time, trying to be too conservative will do it for you. I have, I have this analogy in my head as I think about when I was teaching all my kids how to swim, you know, they, they wanted to stay in the the shallow end for as long as possible. They wanted to have their feet on the ground. And that's probably what it feels like to have money in money markets and CDs. I've got a firm footing. It's not going to lose value, but at some point there has to be a little bit of stepping out into the the deep end of the pool. But you don't want to do it by yourself if you don't know how to swim, right? That's, that's, right. What, that's what the parent's for. And and I think that's kind of an analogy for us here at GenWealth. You might need a little hand-holding to pull you out into that deep end. Well, and, and we want to keep you as safe as possible, Absolutely. obviously. Yep. And that's why we use that time mitigator. That we know that over 25 years, the lowest rate of return on the S&P 500 on an average mm-hmm. Has been seven point nine four percent worst twenty five year period of time in history of the S and P five hundred seven point nine four percent. So if you build your plan on that, we can't guarantee that it will always do that. Mm-hmm. But what we can say is, look, this is as bad as it's been. So we're going to use that as our bogey, if you will, our benchmark, our our uh, target, worst case scenario, yeah, yeah, our target for what we're trying to achieve. And if we get some upside lift from that, then great. If you need help. Packing that financial go bag, jump starting your retirement, building an income for life plan for your retirement. Give us a call, 501 653 7355, or email at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. We're out of time for this week's show. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 844 869 PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. 